Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host, Brandy, and on this show we talk about all things wrestling from AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show we're going to be covering Monday Night Raw for 7-5 and Friday Night SmackDown for 7-9. So let's get into the ring and get into the action, shall we? Okay, first... Monday Night Raw opens with Miz TV. Everybody's been excited about Miz TV, and everybody loves Miz. We all love Miz. We always look forward to what he's going to do. And, he, of course, he comes out in his wheelchair because we all know what's going on. Something, some injury has been happening with Miz, so we've not been able to see Miz perform. Of course, he comes out with Morrison, who did not expect Morrison coming out with him. Sometimes I feel Morrison kind of shows Miz up a little bit. And that kind of bugs me because, you know, Miz is a great performer. He doesn't, you know, not just in the ring, but on the mic. He's electrifying. We don't need Morrison to kind of be involved in Miz's little, you know, storyline. But anywho, he comes out, of course, and welcomes everybody. And, of course, this edition of Miz TV is the Money in the Bank edition because we all know Money in the Bank is next Sunday. And it's going to be a huge pay-per-view. So, of course, you've got some huge stars in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So, of course, you expected Miz to bring these people out to kind of stir the pot and get the action going and get everybody revved up and everybody, you know, getting ready to get into a fight over the Money in the Bank contract. Of course, he claims Morrison's going to win the whole thing. Who did not see Miz siding with his buddy, Mr. Johnny Drip Drip himself, Morrison? Who did not see this coming? But he claims, of course, after he wins the Money in the Bank ladder match, he's going to cash in on whoever the champ is, whoever, whichever champ he decides to cash in on that same night. He And he's going to have a successful cash in just like Miz did. Okay, now look, guys. I'm going to tell you right now. I would not mind seeing Morrison win the Money in the Bank ladder match, but my problem with him having a successful cash-in is you guys have got to think. Who is the two champs right now? Actually, who are the three champs that he could possibly cash in on? Let's start with the first one, Roman Reigns. Does he really think for a second that Morrison could successfully beat Roman Reigns, who is the head of the table for the Universal title? Now we throw it on the flip side. What if Roman does happen to lose to Edge? Does he really think for a second that he could possibly cash in on Edge? And as electrifying as Edge is right now, don't see it. Now let's flip over to the next champ, Karrion Cross. Really? Really, Morrison? You think that you can go over to NXT, cash in your Money in the Bank contract on the Doomsday Sumacita? Are you stupid? Are you asking to get... You'll put in a cross jacket and tap out. Not a successful cash-in on that one. Now we flip it to the flip side with Johnny Gargano. As good as Gargano is and as good as Morrison is, do we really think for a second, even for a margin, that Johnny Morrison, John Morrison, could actually go in and beat Johnny Gargano if he wins the title? Don't see it happening. I just don't see him successfully beating Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano is the master of, you know, mind manipulation. He's the master of the ring. Either one of those people, I don't see Morrison successfully cashing in on. Then we go to the other side. We go to Monday Night Raw. Really? 
Now, let's look at the champion right now of Monday Night Raw. That happens to be none other than Bobby Lashley. We all know Morrison doesn't stand a snowball's chance in a ring of beating the almighty Bobby Lashley. Even if MVP was on the outside and Lashley was blindfolded, there is no way that Morrison could successfully cash in on Bobby Lashley. Now we go to the flip side. The opponent for Bobby Lashley is Kofi Kingston. We have seen Morrison and Miz face you know, the new day before. We've seen him face Kofi Kingston. I don't think, and this is my opinion, that Morrison, even on a good day, could get Kofi Kingston and beat him. I just don't see it happening. You've got, you know, all these superstars that Morrison's claiming he could cash in on. Really, Morrison, you don't stand a chance against the current champions because you have three. I'm talking three dominating champions right now in all three divisions that I don't think you can actually physically be, even with Mrs. Help. So I don't see a successful cash-in coming in if Morrison did happen to win that Money in the Bank ladder match. Could he successfully cash in later if the titles flipped to someone else? Possibly. But you've got to think. All the other people who are trying to buy for an opportunity to go at whoever is the champ. You're going to have a big problem because there's a lot of people, including Seth Rollins, that you would have to go through to get to that, even to get to that money, you know, that money in the bank briefcase. I mean, come on. You've got a lot of people you would have to face. But anyways, he claims that he can't. Just had to get on that for a second. Give you a mental picture in your mind of Morrison trying to successfully cash in on three of the most dominating champs in WWE right now. I don't see it happening. And the challengers that are challenging these guys for these titles. I don't see it happening. It's not, not feasibly possible. But, of course... Drew McIntyre doesn't like that. He does not like, you know, we all know what Miz did to Drew McIntyre at Elimination Chamber. We've not forgotten. It's not something that's completely, you know, boggled the mind. We all know what happened. We all know that Miz sabotaged the whole thing by sending Lashley out to take out Drew so that he could cash in successfully. Because in Miz's mind, we all know Miz could probably beat Drew. We know that. But in Miz's mind, as dominant as Drew was at that time, he was going to have a harder time cashing in on Drew McIntyre without Lashley's help. We knew, we knew it. But Drew comes out. And, you know, Drew basically, you know, says, look, give me, you know, I'm going to tell you right now the reasons why I have love, a love-hate relationship with you, and a love-hate relationship with the money in the bank. But here's the deal. Money in the bank, it's an opportunity, an opportunity to grab that briefcase off of a ladder and have that, but you had a whole year to cash in this money in the bank contract, a whole year. A whole year to you know, pick your opponent, decide how you're going to pick their brain, how you're going to get inside their mind and toy with them to make them think, you don't know when I'm going to, I mean, put it in their mind that you don't know when I'm going to cash in this money in the bank contract. Fear me. That's pretty much what it basically is. The problem with the money in the bank ladder match is, is it's not you one-on-one -on -one with someone else. There are other competitors involved in this, and the sky's the limit as to who can get it. 
I mean, you could be at the top of that ladder getting ready to take out a briefcase, and out of the blue, someone else comes out, knocks you off the ladder, grabs the briefcase, and done, done deal. I get, I get Drew's plate with that. I get any WWE superstars plate with that for the simple fact that, you know, you don't know. This, it's an opportunity. It doesn't mean you'll get it. It's an opportunity. Granted, I love the Money in the Bank ladder match as a fan myself. I love the competition. I love to see, you know, what's going to happen. Who could possibly get it? Who's going to fight against who? Who's going to be on the ladder? What could happen? Could there be three ladders in the ring? Four? Who knows? The sky's the ladder. I mean, you're going to see moves off these ladders that you've never seen any superstar ever could do. Could you imagine your back retire claymoring someone off a ladder? That would be incredible. Incredible. I mean, we've seen Seth Rollins and some of the others that have been in ladder matches do some amazing moves off this that you would never think in a million years that they would ever do. That you would never see them do in a regular match. Because it's an opportunity. And an opportunity means you're going to knock the heck out of people just to get that opportunity. Of course, you know, he goes into his little story about how he's a distant relative of Davy Crockett. I'm loving Drew McIntyre's stories. It's like story time with Drew McIntyre. I love it. It's incredible. It's fun because he changes it up a little bit. He makes it exciting to see what he's going to talk about next. You know, is this going to be a Scottish folklore? Is it going to be? You don't know what it's going to be with Drew McIntyre. And I love that he uses this. And he says that, you know, Basically, he plans to make history again. He's going to make history just like he did at Royal Rumble, just like he did at WrestleMania. He's going to do it one more time. And basically, he's saying, look, who would you rather face in a Money in the Bank ladder match? I mean, come on, guys. We, I'm excited to be able to face all these competitors and show them what I've got. Drew McIntyre is on fire right now in, on Raw, just like Lashley is on fire on Raw. You've got some great competitors in this match. There are some that I'm kind of scratching my head on. There are some that are shocking that you were not expecting to be in this ladder match, and they are. And you're like, Wow, this could be an incredible match with some incredible moves and some you mean, the sky's the limit as to who can get who could get this count contract. Anybody could. But of course, you know, he goes on about everything and he goes, Look, I would rather die in Texas than surrender my money in the bank contract. Ms. and Morrison are kind of like, ooh, interesting. You know, they got that look on their face. Well, Ricochet comes out and decides, okay, that was a surprise. That's all I told you guys. That was a surprise in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Never would have thought in a million years that you would see Ricochet in a Money in the Bank ladder match. Not the way that they were, you know, running him. They had him going for the United States title. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, he beats AJ Styles for that opportunity. To me, that was shocking. That was a shocker. No one saw that one coming. I don't like that WWE went that route. That they gave us somebody we weren't expecting to win the Money in the Bank shot. It was a nice thing. So it would be interesting to see if they give us someone we ain't expecting to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. It's highly possible that Ricochet could pull it off. It's very possible. But Ricochet basically says, look, I don't mean to be so rude. I didn't mean to interrupt. I know that you guys were having your nice little conversation. And I apologize, Miz, for interrupting. But I couldn't sit in the back and listen anymore. I had to come out and put my two cents in. I had to. 
Because look, we're all lucky to be in this match. All of us are lucky to be in this match. We all are. Because someone else could have gotten that opportunity instead of us. And we have to kind of look at it that way. He's like, look, Johnny, you got lucky in your match last week with me that it ended in a double countout. You got real lucky that it ended in a double countout. Because otherwise, I would have beat you. No problem. Hands down, I would have got you. For those of you who didn't see, go on Twitter. Go on Instagram. Go anywhere you can get on social media and go look up the match between John Morrison and Ricochet. It is an incredible match that ends with a very shocking, and I'm telling you guys, shocking double countout. Something you do not expect to see. And if you listened to my podcast last week, you know what I'm talking about. If you didn't, go on that on your social media and go look it up. It's an incredible match with a shocking double count out that you don't want to miss. But anyways, he says, look, that was just a little taste of what I will do to you at this in this match at Money in the Bank. Just a little small taste of what I have to offer. Well, here comes Matt Riddle. Okay, guys, let's stop for a second and picture Matt Riddle in a Money in the Bank ladder match. And that was completely, that blindsided me. I saw Randy Orton before I saw Matt Riddle. To me, I don't, I mean, Riddle could throw me for a loop-de-loop. But to me, I don't see Riddle being as successful in a ladder match as he is in the ring. I'm not saying he's a great, he's not a great ring, you know, in-ring performer. I'm not saying that he ain't killer on the mic. He is. The problem is, is he hasn't proven to me enough that he deserved to be in this position. He got lucky. That's how he got in it. He got lucky. Lucky, lucky, lucky. Luck is all that was there for Matt Riddle. Not to say that Matt Riddle won't surprise me the Money in the Bank ladder match. He might. He's just got one technical little problem, and that's the ankle that he injured last week during the triple threat match. That could be a problem for Matt Riddle because every wrestler knows. You go any wrestling fan knows this too. When someone is injured, you go for the injured sweet spot. You hit that like it's like a bullseye that every wrestler is gonna be aiming for. There is no missing this. There is no escaping this. It's it's a target. It's a bullseye. I direct. Hey, he's like he's got a hit me sign on his ankle. It, it, it it's just dangerous to have him in this match with an injured ankle. But anyways, he comes out and he climbs up on the ladder and sits up there looking down at like he you know, like he's you know these are my royal subjects and I'm gonna look down on you people like I y'all are small measly little people measly peasants and I'm the king sitting up on the ladder. Well, he says, isn't it what, isn't this what this is all about, everybody? We're standing up on a ladder. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, that, isn't this what we're supposed to do? And, you know, he starts, you know, basically talking about how he feels bad that he didn't, you know, didn't help Randy get into the ladder match. And, you know, he says, look, because this happened and because Randy's not here and he can't be a part of it, I'm going to dedicate my ladder match fight to Randy Orton. Sweet. But with the reputation that Riddle has 
of matches. I don't see Matt Riddle successfully making a win on this match, which is just going to be humiliating for Randy. Because if Randy had been in the match, Randy would have dominated the match. It would have come down. It would have come down to Drew and Randy. Just plain and simple, Drew and Randy would tore each other apart if Randy was in the match. But of course, he says, "Look, I'm going to dedicate this match to Randy." Then he goes on to, you know, basically take cheap shots at, you know, almost, and then because almost and AJ come out, he starts taking cheap shots at almost and AJ. And AJ and almost basically are just kind of saying, look, we, AJ said, we, I deserve to be in this ladder match. I've done everything that I could possibly do to prove myself. You, I got cheated out of, you know, the tri- not only the triple threat match, but the match against Ricochet. I felt like I kind of got cheated. You know, AJ's making a good claim. He really is. AJ's talking the talk. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, AJ's look, look, you know, I'm going to speak for everybody in saying I was robbed. I was literally robbed. And he's right. He was robbed. And he says, look, should it should have been just me and Drew one-on-one after Riddle went out. Riddle should not have been brought back into the match. It should have been a one-on-one match between me and Drew McIntyre, fair and square. No, Riddle had to come back out, stick his nose where it didn't belong, and hey, I didn't get pinned. I did not get pinned. Riddle got pinned. Riddle. Guys, I apologize. When you're listening to this, I had a technical difficulty with my audio equipment. And for some reason, my whole audio completely went out. But let's get back to this. Anyways, AJ basically made a perfectly claim that he did not get pinned. He didn't get pinned by Riddle at, by Drew at all. Riddle was the one that got pinned. And he's right. AJ did get did not get pinned. He rolled out of the ring, and it was Matt Riddle that got Claymore, and it was Drew McIntyre that pinned Matt Riddle. So he made a perfectly good claim, you know. And you know, basically he's right. It should have been him. You know, blah 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 blah. AJ, you know, got you know has an injured foot, and you know AJ's explaining you know Riddle has an injured foot. Blah 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 blah. Riddle's like, oh, come on, bro, come on, you know, let's be friends here, let's not do, let's not fight, let's be friends, you know, hey, fist bump, almost fist bump, almost ain't having it, almost has had enough of Riddle's shenanigans, he's had enough, and he basically takes Riddle, and takes the whole ladder, and tosses Riddle and the ladder over, Riddle's leg immediately hits the ring, immediately, Here it goes again. Pause. Anyways, Riddle, you know, falls. His leg hits the part, and he basically is grabbing his ankle. Well, he gets back up with the help of Drew and them. And AJ reaches up, kind of standing there, kind of smiling at almost, kind of doing his little thing, and he kicks Matt Riddle's leg, taking Riddle down again. Riddle's writhing in pain. Immediately after AJ kicks him, Ricochet takes out Morrison because Morrison tries to cheap shot Ricochet. Drew takes out Almost, who tries to get involved and helps Riddle up. Well, then it comes in, you know, pretty much it's a you know, free for all. Ms. Morrison's whole thing, you know, ends. 
it ends up being Ricochet versus John Morrison round two. Round two, guys. Here we go again. Are we going to get another double count out? Who knows? It's a great match. The match is fantastic. It's incredible back and forth. Not quite sure what's going to happen. It's an amazing match between these two. And it ends up being... Ricochet ends up getting knocked out of the ring by Morrison. Morrison basically is inside the ring telling the ref, Count, come on, count, 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 count. Miz is blocking AJ and won't... Or basically blocking... Sorry, not AJ. Blocking Ricochet and won't let Ricochet back in. And which causes a count out. So Morrison wins by count out. Here we go again. Miz and Morrison doing whatever they can to cheat any way they can. And it, it just boggles the mind as to, you know, what's going to happen in this Money in the Bank ladder match. You know, could Miz be a key factor? Could we have, you know, could Morrison win this whole thing? We're not going to see Morrison having a successful cash in either way. But. It's going to be interesting to see what happens between Ricochet and Morrison and how this is all going to boil over to the Money in the Bank ladder match. It's going to be incredible to see what's going to happen. Guys, again, I want to apologize. I've had technical errors with my audio equipment. Hopefully, it will continue running like it's supposed to. If it doesn't, bear with me. I promise I, I will do the best I can with what I've got. So, bear with me. I just bear with me. I apologize again. Well, Ginger comes riding up on his motorcycle. And he answers the question about the match with Drew McIntyre. He has a match with Drew McIntyre. Now, I've been waiting on Ginger Mahal and Drew McIntyre to have a feud. Because Drew McIntyre and Ginger Mahal, we all know, used to be in 3MB together. It, you know, we know they're best friends. Sheamus and them had an incredible feud. So I can only imagine... This match between Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre, I've been waiting for it. It's going to be an incredible. I mean, it's going to be an incredible match. But of course, Jinder starts bringing up old stories and talking about how you know he went to Drew, how Drew got in the bike, and Drew was with him when he got the bike, and you know they celebrated when Drew became champion. And uh, he goes into this whole spill about how Drew wasn't there for him when he needed him. Well, Drew's not answering texts. All this. Good build-up for Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre. So this match is going to be an incredible and interesting match. So, of course, then we skip to Reggie, Nia, and Shayna. They're talking about when talking about what happened, what's been going on with Alexa Bliss and everything. And how everything is just, you know, it's crazy what's going on with them and Alexa. And, you know, Reggie's kind of shook up about Alexa Bliss. And I can tell Shayna and Nia are too. Alexa's been really giving it to them hardcore. So, it's been interesting what's been going on between Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler and Reggie. Well, Reggie sees Alexa standing behind them and tries to tell them, Hey, Alexa's behind us. Look behind you. She's right there. I see her. And Shayna goes, Shayna and them turn around and look. They don't see her, and they're like, look, Reggie, you've got to stop being so jumpy. 
You've got to stop. Shannon's like, you've got to stop this, Reggie. You just have to stop this. This is ridiculous. We need to move on. Get prepared for our match tonight. We don't need to deal with anything involving Alexa Bliss. Just stop. Quit. She's not there. Knock it off. And they walk off. But when they walk off, guess what? Alexa is standing there. She's standing right where they were, directly behind them, listening to the whole conversation. Interesting where they're going with Alexa Bliss. Very interesting to see where this is going to go with Alexa and Reggie, Shayna, and Nia. We move on to the fight. Nikki apparently Cross has changed her name to Nikki Ash. Guys, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Almost a superhero is the initials for Ash. And it's ridiculous. But of course, it is Nikki Ash Cross versus Naomi and Alexa. Well, of course, like I said, it is Nikki Ash and Naomi and Alexa and Asuka versus Eva Marie, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, and Dewdrop, a.k.a. Piper. Incredible, incredible match, guys. This was an incredible women's division match. Absolutely spot-on incredible. Naomi, of course, and Dewdrop do start, but, of course, Ava tags herself in and basically, you know, tries to steal the match. She tries to steal the show, so to speak. It's back and forth, back and forth, not quite sure. You know, the girls are doing great, except for Ava. Ava's not really showcasing anything that she can do. Not really. She's not really showing me anything that makes me impressed with her in-ring performance in whatsoever. You know, Naomi tries to take out Drop, and, you know, she goes and takes out Ava instead. You know, take the Ava takes out Naomi, and then of course Nia takes out Nia and Shayna take out everybody. Alexa's standing up on the side because she's had enough of their shenanigans. You can obviously tell she's had enough of their shenanigans. She goes running, flips, goes to take out everybody. Ava moves, and everybody gets took out. She misses Ava altogether. I mean, completely all together. And I literally was sitting there, and I'm pretty sure some of you in the home were sitting there going, Please, take out Ava Marie. Put her in her place. Please, 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 please. Well, then Nikki goes to take her take her out, but she moves again, and Dewdrop gets hit. Ava, Ava, you're giving them a nerve. You're not proving anything to me that you're a great wrestler or a great in-ring performer. You're not showing me anything, anything at all to prove that you're that good. Well, then Ava rolls, you know, into the ring and is, you know, shoves Dewdrop out of the way and, you know, tries to, you know, get it. She turns around and Alexa scares the daylights out of her. Alexa just kind of steps forward and Ava stumbles backwards, slides on the floor. It is hilarious, guys. It is absolutely hilarious to see Ava freaked out over Alexa Bliss. It is funny. Absolutely hilarious. And Reggie tries to get up, get involved, gets put under Alexa's spell. Naya's trying to get, you know, Reggie out of it. Shayna manages to get him out of it. 
Guys, this is an incredible match. You need, if you've not seen it, go on your social media and check out this match. It is an incredible you know, women's match between some incredible superstars, with the exception of Ava Marie, who really, she showcases her silliness, but she doesn't showcase anything else that impresses me in any way. It's an incredible match. It really is, but it does end with Ava, Dewdrop, Shayna, and Nia winning that match. Ava then turns around and claims, and the winner of this match is Ava Marie, which does not make Nia or Shayna happy at all. They are mad, and you can see it. Could WWE be setting up a fight between Nia, Shayna, and Ava? Possibly. And I would like to see Nia and Ava go at it again. They went at it back when, when she was in NXT. And I liked it. It was an incredible match. It showcased what, you know, Nia could do. It made Ava perk up and do what she could do. So it's going to be interesting to see where this feud goes. Now we... Now we move on to MVP and Bobby Lashley. They're celebrating, you know, in the VIP lounge. And they get stopped for an interview. And, you know, the MVP again steals Bobby Lashley's spotlight. Who didn't see that coming? Who did not know that was going to happen? But he does and claims, you know, that they're going to destroy, you know, destroy Kofi Kingston. They're going to destroy everything. And they're like, look, finally... He gets a spotlight. Lashley finally gets to talk. And Lashley says, look, I destroyed Drew. I destroyed Xavier Woods in two Hell in the Cell back-to-back matches. I'm going to destroy Kofi Kingston at Money in the Bank. Because, you know, it's we're into the, we're, you know, we're the hurt business. And that's what we do. We destroy people. That's what we do. That's what we're, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do. I'm loving this Bobby Lashley thing. I'm having, still having a big problem with MVP stealing a spotlight. Bobby Lashley doesn't need MVP to do the talking for him. Stand back, let Lashley shine like Lashley can. Leave MVP out of this altogether. Let's just have, you know, Bobby Lashley talking and doing what Bobby Lashley does as a champ. That's what it should be. But, of course, WWE isn't going to do it that way. They're going to let MVP continue to steal Bobby Lashley's spotlight, and that bugs me. That bugs me as a fan. It may not bug you, but it bugs me. So then we move on. Mustafa Ali versus Mansoor. I told you guys about how I felt about how they were building up with Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. I said this could be an epic either tag team match or an epic fight between each other. And believe me, it is an incredible match absolutely incredible between these two and an and an exclusive on the website monster is wondering why ali did what he did last week and throwing him out of the elimination match he says look i did what you know basically he says i did what i did because i don't want you to end up like me i get where he's coming from. Ali has been struggling in WWE on Raw and on on Raw ever since he left 205 Live and NXT. They've not been really giving Ali the push that Ali deserves. And I get that he's trying to help Mansoor out because he doesn't want the same thing to happen to Mansoor that happened to him. I get that. I absolutely, completely get it. I understand it. I get it. But, of course, like I said, incredible match. 
absolutely incredible. Of course, Mustafa Ali does win that, but he tricks Mansoor into thinking he's, you know, he's injured and Mansoor comes to help him. Ali gets the win. Ali proving a point. Don't ever, um, don't ever believe what your opponent tells you or what's going on with your opponent because sometimes they can be tricking you. They can be lying to you and you don't see it. I love this setup. I'm interested to see what else they're going to do with Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. I'm interested to see where this is going to go with these two. Drew's getting ready for his match with Gender. And he starts talking about Gender and knowing that, you know, he's starting to talk about, you know, this and you know, everything that's going on with him and Gender and how long him and Gender have been friends and everything that they've done together. Well, then he goes into a story about the Loch Ness Monster and how the sword he's carrying came to be. Told you guys, story time with Drew McIntyre. That's what they need to call that. Story time with Drew McIntyre. Because it really is. It's interesting. It's an interesting little segment between them. And I love it. It's absolutely hilarious. Well, he claims that, you know, this person that he knows, this person in a town... You know, he's a great warrior, and you know he's you know known throughout the entire town. And you know he goes out into the you know the water, and you know faces Nessie, and has a battle with her, and happens to knock a tooth out of her mouth. And the warrior and Nessie become friends. And uh, one day she says, "Make you know make a sword out of my tooth." And one day you will go on to defeat the man who you know the man known as the modern day Maharaja Jinder Mahal. Guys, I told you, it should be story time with Drew McIntyre because it's absolutely hilarious how he integrates his opponents into his stories. It's incredible. And then how you'll go on to Fort Worth, Texas and win the Money in the Bank letter match. And Jesus, that's true, guys. That's a true story. I'm telling you, it's a true story. He kind of, he kind of winks at him and walks up. This is an, I love Drew McIntyre. I love this Drew McIntyre. I think he's absolutely incredible. I love that WWE is doing this. Like I said, they really should call it story time with Drew McIntyre because that's pretty much what it is. It's incredible. I love this. I love this. I'm looking forward to the match between him and Gender because, like I said, Gender and him are going to bring the house down. It's going to be an incredible match between these two, and I've been waiting to see these two go at it. Well, then we're going to get our match. Ginger Mahal versus Drew McIntyre. And let me tell you, this match was incredible. This match was absolutely incredible. It was as good as his and Sheamus's, if not better. Incredible. Of course, Indosheer is out there. And that threat of them getting involved, you're not quite sure if they're going to. They have an incredible battle back and forth, but again, Indosheer does get involved, attacks Drew McIntyre, causing the DQ. Drew wins by DQ. Well, after that, they're pretty much destroying Drew together. You, Drew manages to get the upper hand, goes after him, starts attacking him. Ginger gets, you know, gets involved. Ginger does the coloss, takes out Drew. Yeah, who who didn't see that coming? You know, who didn't you know didn't expect that? But what you didn't expect was what happens afterwards. He goes and takes Drew's sword and tells him, "Look, you took my money in the bank opportunity, so now I'm going to take your family heirloom," and walks away. With Drew watching him walk away, not quite sure where WWE is going with this. We're one week away from money in the bank. What is going to happen between Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal? Could Jinder Mahal and him have a match to determine who's going to the money in the bank? Don't know. 
this is going to be interesting to see what happens between these two. Yep. I like the feud between Ginger and Drew, but I don't really think that they need to put the money in the bank ladder match into this storyline. I'm pretty sure they're going to, but I would like to hope that they wouldn't. You know, I'd like to hope that they wouldn't. Of course, we then we get Mason T-Bar versus Lucha, How Lucha House Party. Immediately when you hear that, squash match. That's exactly what you're thinking. Squash match. Well, guess what, guys? It's an incredible match. Absolutely incredible between these competitors. Absolutely an amazing match. But the shocker is Lucha House Party wins that match. I know. You're scratching your heads. You're going, what? Lucha House Party beat Mason T-Bar? I didn't see that come. Neither did I. Incredible win for Lucha House Party. Incredible win. But I'm telling you, it's not the end of Mason T-Bar versus Lucha House Party. They're not going to let Lucha House Party win one time and get away with it. They're just not going to do it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with this feud. Right Matt, right Matt Riddle's in the back. He's checking on his foot. He's making sure his foot's good. You know, he's got it rewrapped, checking it, making sure everything's okay, everything's good. Damian Priest walks up and comes to check on him. I'm happy to see Damian Priest back. I was starting to wonder where Priest was, and it was really starting to worry me because of all these layoffs they've been doing, what was going to happen with Damian Priest. I'm happy to see him back. You know, he's checking on him. He tells him, look, you need to be careful tonight with AJ. I'm telling you. You, I mean, you're hurt. You need to watch it. You need to be extra careful because if he hurts you, it could cost you your spot at the Money in the Bank ladder match. Pay close attention and be careful. Matt Riddle, oh, I've got this. I can beat AJ. I'm okay. Don't worry about it. Going to be interesting to see what happens with AJ and because you know that foot's going to be a target. You know it's going to be a target between you know with, with AJ. He's, I mean, it's a bullseye. It's not. It's, there's no way that it wouldn't be a target with him. I mean, it just really isn't. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Of course, then we get that match. That match came pretty quickly. AJ Styles with almost versus Matt Riddle. It, like I told you, that that leg, that ankle was going to be a target, and AJ used it. He used it to his best and most absolute ability. Back and forth he kept going at that leg. You're watching almost to make sure almost because you know dang well almost is going to come out at some point. You're expecting it. You know it's going to happen. But the Viking Raiders show up out of nowhere and take out almost. Taking him out of the equation. Opening the door for Matt Riddle to get the pin and get the win. Matt Riddle defeated AJ Styles. That was a shocker. But it wasn't really a shocker, sort of. Because we know the Viking Raiders have a shot at almost an AJ for the titles. So we were kind of waiting for Eric and Ivar to show back up. You, you were you know, wondering when they were going to show back up. And when they were going to you know, pretty much say, hey, look, we're going to fight you. This is how it is. Just be prepared. You won't know when we're going to be there. Surprise. Here we are. Boom. Out of the way. It's a great match, guys. Like I said, Matt Riddle's match, incredible. Absolutely incredible match. Especially with the Viking Raiders in it. Well, Charlotte comes out there to talk about her injury. Now, if some of you didn't notice, last week when she had her match with, you know, Shayna and Nia versus Asuka and them, Rhea took a cheap shot at Charlotte's right knee. And we saw Charlotte's right knee cave. 
We weren't quite sure what was going to happen with Charlotte. And most of you go on social media and look. There were buzzing about age, about her talking about her injury. And we were going to get an answer as to whether she would be at Money in the Bank or not. She comes out to discuss the injury and said she might have to miss the Money in the Bank ladder match. Or the Money in the Bank match with Rhea because of her knee. She's on a crutch. You've got so you got to have sympathy for anybody that gets injured before a match. You really do. But Rhea comes out. And Rhea's on a crutch as well. Basically making fun of Charlotte. Basically calling Charlotte's bluff. Rhea's not stupid. She knows Charlotte. We've seen Charlotte pull some tricky situations before. Where she's managed to. Oh I'm injured. Oh I can't. And then she turns around and wins the match. So it's only appropriate that you would expect for Rhea to have the upper hand on Charlotte. And realize hey Charlotte you're tricking me. I know you're up to no good. I know this is a false injury, but I'm gonna prove. I'm gonna call your bluff. So she comes out, and she basically Charlotte says, "Look, you're taking my, you know, taking my. You're gonna take my entrance too. You're not just gonna take my, you know, my dignity and everything else that you took, Rhea. You're gonna take my entrance too. Really? You're gonna take it?" Rhea, you know, asks for a mic, hobbling over there on one crutch, and asks for a mic, and she says, basically, she says, "You're right, Charlotte." I'm doing exactly what you would have done. You're a little you know, a little cheater and a little drama queen, and I'm going to prove it. And she removes the crutch uh, from Charlotte that she was leaning on. And guess what? Charlotte was doing exactly what Rhea said she was doing. Faking an injury, Rhea called her bluff. And they literally get into a fight. She basically tells Charlotte, look, I'm in your head, Charlotte. Whether you like it or not, I set up camp inside your head, and you know I've got you, and you know you're not going to win that match at Money in the Bank. You know it because I'm inside your head, and I ain't leaving. I've set up shop. But. Then we get to Elias and Cedric Alexander versus Jackson Riker and R-Truth. Now, guys, we know what's been going on with Jackson Riker and Elias. The strap match last week was an incredible match. It really was. And R-Truth, of course, if you guys did not see Raw Talk, Cam and Jackson Riker had a little, you know, little talk. And Jackson Riker handed over a strap and told R-Truth he could use it. And they kind of became buddy buddies. But we all know Cedric Alexander has a problem with veterans and people who are basically not better than him. So it was kind of interesting to see Elias teamed up with Cedric Alexander and R-Truth you know, teamed up with Jackson Riker. It was, it was going to be an interesting little tag team match. But the 24-7 group comes out in the middle of the match and R-Truth almost gets his title back. In the middle of the match, the match ain't even started yet and they're, you know, it's already going. Of course, after that, R-Truth goes chasing off after the 24-7 champion, which is Akira Tozawa, leaving Jackson Riker by himself in a handicap match against Elias and Cedric Alexander. What does Elias do? Same thing R-Truth did. Same thing we expected Elias to do. He leaves Cedric Alexander alone in the ring with a mad and crazed Jackson Riker. And what do you think happens? Jackson Riker destroys Cedric Alexander in front, in front of Elias. Makes him watch what he does. Makes him watch his handiwork and takes him out. 
So Jackson Riker and R Truth win. And basically, after the match, you basically hear R Truth calling, or not R Truth, you hear uh, Elias standing up on the intro tramp, and you hear Jackson Riker calling him a coward. He kind of is playing as a coward because we all know Elias. Elias never backs down for a fight. He never has. And now WWE all of a sudden has got him afraid of Jackson Riker. I mean, we all remember Jackson Riker from the Forgotten Sons. He was a bad, bad man. We knew what he was capable of with Stephen Cutler and Wesley Blake. We knew what he could do. They're kind of capitalizing on this persona of the Forgotten Sons and making him into this bad, 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 not heel, but face. They're kind of face-turning Jackson Riker. I'm not quite sure where they're going with this whole face turn, but I don't like the fact that they're making Elias a coward because we all know Elias. He does not back down from a fight, and I don't see him backing down from Jackson Riker, but he did this time, so I'm not quite sure where they're going to go with this or how this is going to culminate and how it's going to end between Elias and Jackson Riker. Now we get on to the main event, The New Day versus MVP and Bobby Lashley. This match is an incredible match. If you have not seen this match, I highly recommend you guys go on your social media and check out this match. It is an incredible match between these competitors. Absolutely fantastic matchup. Something you don't want to miss seeing. It's incredible. It's great match. Back and forth. Not quite sure, you know, you weren't sure if MVP and Bobby Lashley were going to win it. You were hoping they would win it, but you weren't quite sure. But it does end with Kofi Kingston pinning MVP, which means New Day wins the match. The thing that gets you and has got you scratching your head is Bobby Lashley is not happy with MVP. And he shows it. You can see it in his face. You can see it in his body language. You can see it in his mannerisms. He is not happy that MVP cost him that match. He's not happy at all. And you can see it. And that's how Raw ends. Matches. I'm always telling you guys about matches that you guys really need to watch. I have three that you guys, these are ones I recommend that they are must-see, need-to-watch matches. The first one is, again, Ricochet versus Morrison, round three. Going to be an interesting match to watch. The next one is Eric and Almost and Ivar and AJ. These two matches are going to build up to the tag team match. So it's going to be interesting to see how Eric fares with Almost and how AJ fares with Ivar. It's going to be interesting to see how they fare. It's going to be really interesting to see. And then, of course, we have a United States champion. Championship. Sheamus is now able to defend his United States Championship. And he's going to be defending against Alberto Correa. This is going to be another one I'm telling you guys you need to pay attention to. Because this feud's been going on for a while. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the, with this match. And if Sheamus can retain. Or if next week is Alberto Correa's night. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with these matches. Like I told you guys. Ones to watch. Now we move on to Friday Night Smackdown for 7-9. Let's just jump right into the action and get started. Friday Night Smackdown starts off with Paul Heyman and Jimmy Uso. And they're kind of talking about what happened, what's going on with last week and everything. And Jimmy says, look, I want to talk to Roman. I need to talk to Roman right now. And Paul Heyman tells him, look, I'll talk to him. 
He'll talk to you when he's ready. He's just not ready to talk to you right now. You know, when Roman's ready, he'll talk to you. No, no problem. Jimmy's like, okay, okay. He walks off. Well, Roman comes out. Paul basically has the mic, and he hands the mic to Roman. And Roman says, look, he didn't like what happened last week. And, you know, he calls Edge a liar for saying what he said about his family. And he starts talking about, you know, maybe, you know, 20 seconds of fear might have been in his eyes at WrestleMania when Edge did what he did with, you know, with his finisher in the bar. But that was it. There was no more fear in Roman's eyes than anyone else. Roman ain't scared of Edge. Edge is just setting up shop in Roman's head. He's not scared of him at all. He tells Edge, look, I don't fear you. I have no fear whatsoever of you. I'm not scared of you. I ain't scared of anybody in the back room. He says, look, you won't even be a thought. You won't even have a thought in my mind when I was out there talking last week. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. You weren't even in my head. I wasn't. I wasn't even thinking about you. We, we you, 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 that look on my face was not a look of fear. It was a look, yeah, you know, a look of what are you doing here? Is what it was. Well, then he calls out Jimmy Uso. Of course, Jimmy Uso comes out and says, "says Why do you?" Th-? He says, "Why do you think I called out Edge last week?" Right, because you know, why do you think I called him out? It was for us, man. It's always about us. It's always about family. We, you know, I do everything for you. Roman says first. When did I tell you it was for us? When did I ever say that? I never said that. And you're saying I went on a vacation? Don't you think I deserved a vacation? You know, but I went on vacation. That's not what I was doing. I was doing what you should have been doing a long time ago. And Jay Uso's music hits. And Jay Uso returns to SmackDown. Jay Uso is back. And he basically walks up and says, even though hard times has kind of got you down, I'm always with you. You're my brother. I'm always going to look out for you. I'm always going to be here. And we should be doing what we said we were going to be doing. We should have been doing this all along. We should have been going, you know, for the tag titles. We should become seven-time tag team champs, bro. You and me. This is what we should do. It's all about family here. You know, tag champs, universal champ. We would be a dominant force. I've been saying that all along. Ever since Roman's been pulling this stunt, I've been saying it all along that the family would be more unified if the Usos had the titles and Roman had the universal title. They would be more unified. They would be a more dominant faction. They would be stronger together than they are separately. And I've said this. You know, Roman tries to take credit for, you know, I said that all along. I always said it was fat Roman. We're not stupid. We know you were going against, you know, Jimmy and Jay going for the titles. You wanted Jay to be your right-hand man and stick with you. And you didn't, you know, you didn't want Jimmy and them to steal your spotlight. And that's pretty much it. But after it is the most sweetest moment because he hugs his cousins. Unified family again. Unified family. And I'm telling you guys, from my opinion and from, you know, anybody else's opinion, he kind of looked like a godfather up there hugging his people. You know, kind of, you know, looking like a godfather up there just looking like I'm the kingpin. Look at me hugging his henchmen. You know, family. It's all about family. Family, bro. You know, it's an interesting little thing there and it's kind of cute. It's kind of interesting how he looked like that. He perceived himself that way and I kind of like it. I like it. WWE was going that way. 
Baron Corbin. What can I say about poor Baron Corbin? I feel so bad for him right, right now. I really do. If you guys have not seen what's going on with Baron Corbin, you need to go on your social media and look. Because this whole thing with Baron Corbin is just heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, He's sitting in the back and he's talking about he really needs this win tonight. He needs to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. You know, he needs it. He needs it badly. And without it, you know, I mean, he's lost his car. He's lost his crown. You know, his house, he's missed a few house payments. And now the bank is threatening to foreclose on his house. You really, he's really pulling at your heartstrings. And you, you really just want to reach out and give Baron Corbin a hug. Because you feel so bad for him and everything that he's been through. And everything that's been, I mean, literally going nowhere for Baron Corbin. But he comes out. And he comes out, guys, with no entrance music. This is not normal for Baron Corbin. He always comes out with entrance music. And there is no entrance music. He walks out to just the Thunderdome crowd cheering. That's it. That's all there is. And it's weird to hear Corbin come out with that entrance music. Which leads us into Baron Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura. This is a qualifying match for the Money in the Bank ladder match. The winner will go on to the Money in the Bank ladder match at Fort Worth, Texas. Big E comes out. And I'm figuring, what is Big E doing out there? We don't need Big E out there. I mean, come on, Big E. Stay in the back. Do whatever you want. To me, that's just going to be a distraction for both people, both parties, if you're out there. Well, he's got a nice little soft couch and these little massaging things for your feet. And he invites Pat McAfee over to sit with him and, you know, relax and watch this match. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, Pat McAfee, really? You know, Rick Boogs comes out, starts playing, McAfee's doing his thing. McAfee is incredible, guys. McAfee is killing it on SmackDown right now. Literally killing it. But it's a great match. It is a great match match but the wet thing that really gets and sticks that salt in the wound is up on the titan tron baron's in the ring waiting for shinsuke nakamura to come out up on the titan tron rick boogs and shinsuke nakamura come riding up in baron corbin's repossessed car that was towed last week salt in the wound. Shinsuke just can't stop rubbing that salt in the wound. It's an incredible match. It adds fuel to the fire for Baron Corbin. And he just comes out literally like a crazy madman out to destroy Shinsuke Nakamura. It is an incredible match. Absolutely incredible. But it ends, of course, with Shinsuke Nakamura qualifying for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Really, WWE? Really? You're going to do Baron Corbin this way? Seriously? This man has dedicated his entire life to WWE. You has worked really hard, and you're going to steal a Money in the Bank qualifying match away from him? Not happy, WWE. Not happy. Some of you may disagree. Some of you may have liked it. Some of you may think, hey, this is a great storyline to set up Baron Corbin's turn you tell me on social media tell me what you think but in my opinion i didn't like it i did not like it not that i don't say shinsuke nakamura didn't deserve an opportunity but i don't like the way that he earned the opportunity to me that was not fair to baron corbin because baron corbin is a heck of a wrestler and he's a heck of an in-ring performer and it bugs me that they're going to do him this way of course 
Then we move on to Natalia and Tamina. And apparently, they're, they're not going to be defending their titles, but they're going to be facing a new tag team making their WWE debut. Now, that starts boggling your mind. I know you guys are starting to scratch your heads and go, Ooh, who could be coming to WWE? Your head starts to wonder, and your mind starts to race as to who they've brought to, to Raw, you know, who, or to SmackDown, who have they brought? Your mind starts to boggle as to who it is. Well, guys, it is Natalia and Tamina versus Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. Yes, you heard me correctly. Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox from NXT. Now, I know you're sitting back going, wait a minute. Shotzi's with Ember. What is going on? I don't know what is going on with Ember Moon. The mind is racing a thousand different directions as to why Ember didn't go ahead and come up with Shotzi. There could be a different, different, thousands of different scenarios as to why she didn't. But Tegan did. And guys, this is an incredible match. Tegan Knox and Shotzi really showcased what they could do as a tag team. And they did incredible together. It was a heck of a debut. It was a great match between you know them and Natalia and Tamina. Incredible. And it ends with Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox getting the win. They pinned the smack they pinned the WWE women's tag team champions. Could they get a tag team championship shot? Could this be? Yeah, who knows? What's going to happen with Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart? The sky's the limit as to what could possibly happen with these girls. It, 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 it could get really, really, really interesting as to what could happen. And she gets stopped in the back for an interview. And they're asking him about everything, you know, that's going on. And, you know, how you know, Jimmy and Jay and everything that's going on with them. And Roman goes, look, he, or Ed goes, look, I'm not scared of Roman. I'm not scared of any of them. I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm here to, to you know, to stake my claim on a one-on-one -on -one match with Roman Reigns. This is how it's going to be. We're going to face each other at Money in the Bank for the Universal title. That's how it is. And look, later on, just to prove it, I'm going to call out Roman Reigns. I'm going to call him out to the ring, and we're going to have a little talk. We're going to have a little chat. Thing that I'm worried about, could we see Jimmy and Jay come out with Roman? Is it possible? I mean, Ed is going to be out there by himself. Could Jimmy and Jay come out? I mean, don't forget Paul Heyman. Edge is not thinking on all cylinders there. But then again, Edge has managed to take out Jimmy, and he's managed to take out Roman before. Sky's the limit as to what can happen with this. Sky's the limit as to what can happen. Well, Sonya comes out to the ring. And for those of you who don't know, and I'm going to give you the give you the exclusive right now in case you don't know. It was announced by WWE prior to SmackDown that, that Bailey, who was supposed to face Bianca Belair in an I Quit match, got injured in training at the Performance Center and is going to be out, guys, for nine months. That takes Bailey out of the Money in the Bank match for the title against Bianca Belair. I'm going to say this now. I wish Bailey a speedy, speedy recovery. I hate that this has happened to Bailey because Bailey has been on fire. I know her and Bianca were looking forward to this match. They were excited to get to face each other. And I hate that this has to happen this way. I really, really do. And I really, really wish Bailey a speedy recovery. And I hope that she comes back strong, 
ready to take on whoever the champ is and smite down at the time. Going to miss Bailey very badly. Really going to miss her. But she comes out to announce who's going to face Bianca Belair for the title at Money in the Bank. And because Bailey got injured in a training, in training at the Performance Center, and will be out for nine months, we need to basically come up with a new opponent for Bianca, so that it's you know Bianca can still defend her title, and we don't Bianca doesn't miss out on the opportunity. And nobody else does either. Well, she first lets Bailey address the WWE universe, and Bailey does it in Bailey classic fashion. We expected Bailey to do it. She goes and does it in classic Bailey fashion. Loved it, incredible, perfect way to you know to keep that feud fresh between her and Bianca Belair. Incredible way to keep it fresh, keep it fresh in our minds. So <clears throat> she tells her, "Look, Sasha Gar." Sonya goes, I'm going to announce right now that Bianca will not be defending her title at Money in the Bank. But she will be defending her title next week in front of a live audience on SmackDown against Carmella. Carmella, guys. Carmella. You heard me right. Carmella. I'm shocked. I could have thought of a thousand different women in that back who deserved a shot at Bianca Belair before Carmella. I was thinking Sasha Banks was going to make her return and state her claim. That's what I thought because Sasha does have a rematch against Bianca Belair. So I was expecting Sasha. I wasn't expecting Carmella. And I'm kind of, you know, not really sure about Carmella versus Bianca. I mean, I'm not saying it won't be a great match. It will. I stand by my women's division. I think that the women's division in every single wrestling company are the best division you can find. But the problem is, and I don't think Carmella is prepared for Bianca Belair. I could be completely wrong. She could be. But I just don't think she is. Well, Carmella comes out and basically says, well, you forgot something. You forgot to say I'm the most beautiful woman in all of WWE. Typical Carmella fashion. Well, guess what? Liv Morgan ain't standing for it. She's had enough of Carmella showing her up. She's had enough of not being recognized for the talent that she really is. And she comes out to tell him so. She literally confronts Sonya and says, look, what do I have to do? What do I have to do to prove that I deserve to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match? What do I do to have to prove that I deserve a shot? What would you? I beat Carmella. I beat everybody you've thrown in front of me. What do I have to do? And she's making a great point, guys. She's making a clear, crystal clear point. The best point you can make. Liv Morgan is literally on top of the world right now. She literally is dominating in the women's division. Why can't she be? Why does she have to jump through hoops to do this stuff? Why can't she be given a shot? You know, you Liz, Liv goes, look. What do I have to do? And Sonya goes, whoa. You back up first. Just back up. Because I was about to tell you who Carmilla's replacement was going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. And the replacement is you. But if you keep talking the way you are, I'm going to change my mind. Liv goes, crystal clear. I got it. I'm going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I'm, I got it. I'm, good. I'm happy. Yay, Liv Morgan's in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I'm happy about that. But here comes Bianca Belair. Liv Morgan's up there. Liv Morgan just basically goes, Your turn. Have at it. Go for it. Go get her. And walks off. Well, Bianca says first, 
If this is fake, Bailey, that's low. Even for you, that is the lowest of low you could ever stoop. To claim that you're injured just so you don't have to face me. But, if it's real, then I don't like you, but I respect you. And you know, I respect your competitive skills. I respect everything that you do. I respect you completely. And I'm looking forward to finishing this when you're better and you come back. Classy, Bianca. Absolutely classy. Classy champ. Pretty much shows what kind of a champ Bianca Belair really is. She's classy. And I like it. I like the way that she handled the situation. Because we all know Bailey's kind of like Charlotte. She can pull a fake off real quick. So, you know, we, you, we know that that's what Bailey can do. But legitimately, guys, I don't think that this is something that Bailey's faking. I really believe Bailey is really injured and that she's not going to, you know, she's just, she's just not going to be able to compete. And I hate that for Bailey. And I hate that for Bianca because those two girls have really showcased it in Hell in a Cell. They showcased it in, you know, since they've started, they deserve to showcase it one more time at Money in the Bank. And I'm kind of very upset that this happened to Bailey and that they don't get to showcase it like they should. Paul Heyman lets Roman know that Edge is going to call him out later on tonight. And that he also has a question. He's also questioned his manhood. This feud between Roman and Edge is getting incredibly interesting. This fight between them is boggles the mind. It is getting incredibly interesting as to what is going on with these two. It's absolutely incredible. Incredible. And I'm excited to see... What else is going to happen with these guys? So then, final qualifying match from the Money in the Bank ladder match. It is Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. The winner of the match gets to have the last shot and the last qualifying spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. This is an incredible, incredible fight between Cesaro and Seth. It has been an incredible feud between these two. And it hasn't stopped. It's just gotten up edgier and edgier the more it goes and the further it goes. It's getting more interesting and interesting the further it goes. And I like this. I like this feud between Seth and Cesaro. But like I said, I like to see this feud eventually end. And it culminates in an incredible match between these two guys. Both of them fighting and fighting for an opportunity to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. It is an incredible match. If you guys have not seen it, go look it up on your social media. I promise you guys you won't be disappointed. It is an incredible match. But it ends with... Seth Rollins winning the final opportunity for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Yes, guys, you heard me. Mr. Money in the Bank has got the opportunity. And to me, that is incredible But the, that Mr. Money in the Bank is back in it again. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes and what's going to happen in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Because I'm telling you guys, Seth deserves a shot more than anybody else. He really does. And it's going to be incredible to see what happens and whether Seth wins it and he chooses Roman or he chooses Edge or maybe he'll choose Bobby Lashley. There's no telling where this is going. He could choose Karrion Cross. There's no telling where this is going to go. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Move on to Jimmy and Jay. They're outside Edge's locker room and Jimmy goes to knock and Jay goes, what are you doing? We don't knock. 
We wait for him to come out. We don't go just knock. Are you crazy? So they stand there waiting for him to come out. Finally, they get tired of waiting. They bust in the door and they go looking around and they can't find Edge anywhere in the locker room. And Jay basically says, you better be happy he wasn't in here. Because we would have whooped his butt. We whooped him right here. Better be happy we wasn't here. Again, going back to the Roman Edge feud. It just keeps building and building and building. And it's going to culminate in an explosive fight between these two. It's going to culminate in an explosive fight that's going to be incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible between these two. Seth's in the back and he's celebrating his win. Guys, Seth deserved this win more than anybody. I believe Seth Rollins deserved it more than anybody. And he's talking about how he beat Roman way back when. We remember the heist of the century. No one forgets how he won that title. It was an incredible cash-in. Absolutely incredible. And Edge walks up. Walks right up on Seth and Seth turns around. And he says, I'm going to do something that you wouldn't have done. Something that you're afraid to do. Something I don't think you would ever do. I'm going to call out Roman. Could we see Seth Rollins versus Edge at some point? Could Edge win the Universal title at Money in the Bank? Seth win the Money in the Bank contract ladder match? And we start a feud between Seth Rollins and Edge. This could be an interesting little setup. It could culminate in a huge epic feud that could go on all the way to Wrestlemania of next year. It could be that good. If WWE plays it right, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Well, here comes Edge to the ring. And he's calling out Roman Reigns right off the bat. You know, he congratulates Roman on unif reuniting his family. And he says, you know, you, you know, where are you guys registered at? Yeah, you know, maybe I'll get y'all, uh, you know, something, something. Absolutely being the clever little edge with his little puns. I love it. Absolutely love it. Maybe I'll get y'all matching lays. You know, something. He says, look, I'm going to take your universal title, Roman. Whether you like it or not, I'm taking it. Roman's sitting in the back the whole time watching this. And finally, he goes, he can't take it anymore. He just can't take Edge running his mouth anymore. And Edge is still trying to get Roman to come out. He's taunting Roman any way he can. Roman stands up, turns around, and tells Jimmy and Jay, stay in the back. Don't move. I'm going to take care of this myself. Stay here. And so he starts walking toward the front. And he basically hands the Universal title to Paul right at the entrance and goes, look, stay here. Take this. Stay here. I'm going to handle this. I'm going alone. Paul has this look of concern because he doesn't really think it's a good idea for Roman to go out there to face a ticking time bomb edge. But then again, it's Roman Reigns. That's what he does. He doesn't back down from a fight. So, he comes out alone. No Paul. No Jimmy. No Jay. No Titan. He walks out there and starts heading toward the ring. Well, Jimmy and Jay decide they're not going to listen to Roman. They're going out there because they don't like it. They smell a rat. They smell a trap and they don't like it. So they come out. Roman looks at him and he stops and goes, Didn't I tell you guys to stay in the back? He's got this look of, I'm not happy that you didn't listen to me and stay in the back. So Roman heads on to the ring. You know, he you know, gets up there and, you know, He's, you know, him and Roman are kind of having a stare off back and forth, Edge and Roman back and forth. And Roman's kind of hesitant getting into the ring, and you know, he's kind of taunting Edge a little bit, and Edge is taunting him back. And you know, this little cat 
cat-and-mouse game thing is getting really interesting. And so he comes into the ring. He finally steps into the ring, and a fight ensues. The two of them just literally tearing each other apart. The build-up for this fight couldn't wait anymore. The volcano has exploded, and these two juggernauts are going at it. Well... Jimmy and Jay just ain't having it. They think, you know, they think, okay, Roman's going to be outnumbered here in a minute. We need to go help him. Go to run to the ring. They get blindsided by two chair shots by Dominic and Ray Mysterio. They come out of nowhere. It's like they just uh, poof appeared. And they start taking out the Usos while Edge and Roman are going out in the ring. Paul Heyman is nowhere to be found. No security, no nothing. They literally are destroying each other. Edge is beating the heck out of Roman. The Mysterios are beating the heck out of the Usos. It is basically a old-fashioned beatdown between these guys. Yeah, well, finally, you know, Roman gets out of the ring, and Jimmy and Jay get in there and try to help, you know, solve the situation. Well, Jimmy gets the crap beat out of him by Edge and the Mysterios. Jay gets in there and gets, starts getting beat up. Well, Jay takes a spear from Edge. Poor Jay. Come back, get a spear. All in one night. That's terrible. While Roman's watching from the ramp, he's watching this whole thing go down, and you can see him. He's conflicted. He wants to go help, but then he doesn't, and you don't know what Roman's going to do. Well, then, you know, Edge basically says, look, I'm tired of this. He goes down there, grabs a chair, pops the metal piece out of the bottom, just like he did to Jimmy last week, and like he did to Roman at WrestleMania, and puts Jey Uso in the Razor's Edge in front of Roman. Basically got him turned toward Roman and taunting Roman. Come on, come down here and hear tip help Jay. Come on, come down here. I dare you. He's got him in the razor's edge. That bar between his mouth. He's literally, Jay's about to pass out. He turns around when Roman won't come down. Does the same thing to Jimmy Uso. Still taunting Roman. The you know, Mysterios are watching. Roman is conflicted. You can see Roman just really wanting. He's chomping at the bit to get down there, but he won't go. And that's how SmackDown ends with Edge having Jimmy and Jay both put in a razor's edge trying to get Roman to come down. Guys, this is going to be an incredible match. This build up between Edge and Roman is literally like a powder keg ready to explode. It's getting strong, it's getting heavy, and it's getting crazy. So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes and what's going to happen when the Universal title is on the line at Money in the Bank. Again, guys, I want to thank you guys for listening. Because without you guys, there would be no In the Ring with Brandy. I you know, really enjoy hearing your, you know, your thoughts. It doesn't have to be about WWE. It can be anything in wrestling right now. Anything you want to talk about, get on my social media, on my Facebook, on my Twitter, at Wrestling Nights, Nights with a Z, and my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy. Tell me what you think. Give me your thoughts. I would love to hear your comments and what you guys think about it. You know, Follow me there too. Anything you guys want to talk about, I'm willing to. You know, I will respond back as quickly as I can. We can have a conversation about anything you guys want. Again, guys, I want to thank y'all so much for me listening. And guys, I'm glad you bared with me because, like I said, we were having tech- technical problems. Hopefully, we've got it fixed for the next two, you know, next two podcasts. I hope so. Thank you guys again for listening. Thank you guys for being so patient. And we'll see you next time with more in the ring action. Thank you so much. Have a great night.